If you love Tuka Talks, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps the show grow and reach more people with what not to do in the fashion industry. Thanks. Now let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Tuka Talks show, where Tuka Tech founder Ram Serene talks to fellow fashion industry experts about the trending topics of today, the history of the apparel business, and the paradigm shifts that will transform the industry for the future. Greetings from Tuka Talks. I'm so happy that I get to revisit my background with an amazing character who motivated me in my lifetime. And this goes back to about 33 years ago when I moved to the United States. Um, and I met a young man. Um, I really didn't think this person was even old enough to go alone to a bar, let alone be uh, an instructor. Being in the industry, I'm sure you all know um, how difficult grading is, especially when you're doing uh, a bra cup or a swimwear. And the only one person who had a state-of-the-art marking grading service was a company called Gannetti and Gannetti. Joe Gannetti is one guy that I met in my life that whatever he touched, whatever he did, he did it to the extreme. U.S. Coast Guard gave him the U.S. Coast Guard license. He went into diving, became a master scuba diver, master welder, one of the best hairdressers. And then he goes into grading, he became a consultant. I have... Joe Gennetti himself as my guest. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Ross. It's very nice to be with you, and what a very nice introduction. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Joe, um, tell me in your own words, what is pattern grading? I think the pattern grading, the way I've always looked at it, is a combination of science and art. It's scientific in the sense that there are formulas and there are procedures that we follow when we do the pattern grading, of course, and, and uh, these are set standards. This is very scientific. And on the other hand, when I say there's a component of artistic to it is because as a grader, you do have some discretion on whether or not uh, you're going to increase or decrease the size of a pattern proportionate. So it looks great whether it is a size three or a size 15, you want to keep those proportions in the grading so that the garment always looks aesthetically right. After all, isn't that what our designers want? And they want to see that garment in its best proportion, regardless of the size of the uh, garment. So I think it's a combination of both, Ram, a little bit of scientific, a little bit artistic. And if you are able to achieve those two things, I believe that you are a better grader than just looking at it strictly only from science. Uh, I remember um, opening our first Tuka Center, which was a service um, business model for, to help the young or small companies. 
who couldn't afford to either hire a pattern maker or a grader or a marker maker, or they knew it, but they couldn't afford to buy the equipment. This Tuka Center, uh, I think it was in 2000, your father um, did the inauguration because I thought he is the master of these services and who better to do the inauguration of that particular center. How did you get influenced by your father to learn? Because you didn't want to be in this in industry or this trade, so to speak. Right. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a fantastic question. My father by trade was a tailor. He, in fact, my grandfather was a tailor. And going back in generations in our family, uh, going back to the days in Havana, Cuba, when Cuba was a free country before Fidel Castro, my grand, my paternal grandfather, my dad's dad, uh, was or owned, I should say, at that time, immense suit company. They actually manufacture men's suits. And my father um, learned from his father uh, how to be a tailor and how to run a garment um, operation, a factory uh, everywhere from design to pattern making, to the grading, to the sewing, to the fit. I mean, he knew it all uh, being a tailor, a men's suit company. And they had a very successful company in Havana, Cuba at the time uh, when Cuba fell to Castro and communism, uh, that business was turned over to the government. So it, uh, it was a decline obviously, and, and um, very difficult for uh, my father and, and grandfather when uh, the company was um, almost dissolved by the government and owned 100% by the government at that time. But during those years, obviously my father learned a lot from his father and eventually, um, when we immigrated to United States, and this was back in 1969, um, my, it was the beginning of the apparel career here for my father in the United States. And obviously, he brought the skills with him of being a tailor. And eventually, he began his uh, first service bureau, uh, which started in the garage at home. And it was uh, there he was doing pattern making. And like all small businesses, they have the origins of someone doing the startup from their garage or, or their home and beginning a business. And that uh, uh, venture that he, he started, eventually we moved to a smaller uh, building and then a larger building and so forth. And over the years, the business grew and we started adding employees. We'll say we, he did at that time before I was involved. Growing up as a teenager, uh, my aspirations was law enforcement. I knew as a young kid that I wanted to be a police officer and I wanted to serve our country that way. That was my desire. At about age 18, maybe 17, 18 years of age, um, I was preparing to go to college to pursue a law enforcement career. And during that time, my father um, became ill with cataracts. Now, cataracts back in 1979, 1978, it was a lot different than today. How medically the procedures to cure cataracts is obviously much more advanced today. But uh, in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, uh, it was uh, quite an intrusive uh, surgery and procedure. So my father uh, needed to um, 
not actually be involved in the business for about six to eight months while he had the surgery and recuperated. So he asked, he says, Joe, can you run the company for me while I have my surgery? And we, we have to take care of the factory and the employees and um, take it over. And I can give you a crash course and the things that you need to do right away. But can you do that? So I said, of course, why wouldn't a son want to help his father in time of need? So at that time, I postponed my um, uh, plans to go to college to help out with the business while he had the surgery. Now, as time would past, uh, six months turns into a year, one year turns into 18 months, 18 months goes into two, three, five. Before you know it, I had grown into this business and actually spent 20 years or 20 plus years in the business. You can see the future that it was going to be an automation. It was going to be a uh, pattern making would be automated and grading would be automated. So over the years, I can see that that was going to happen. And we started to gear the business in that direction. And I actually spearheaded the new direction that we would take the business so that we can sustain and maintain a company over the years and not become antiquated. My father went along with that. And uh, of course, back then in the early uh, 70s and 80s, uh, we did the grading manually using the Dario grading machine. And we cut the patterns manually and it was quite labor intensive, uh, obviously not the precision that we have today with technologies. Um, so there was a lot of things that um, are parallel and they're similar. 79 um, to 85, I was not in California. What was the average home prices at that time? Do you remember? So mid 70s, gosh, uh, a brand new car is about $3,000. So homes, probably back then, I would say with inflation and everything, you can buy a home for $60,000. Why would you and your father go out and spend $1 million on the CAD systems? What did you think that the other industry people didn't know? Technology was much more expensive <laughs> in the 70s than today, right? With all the new advancements and microchip technologies, the actual cost of technology has come down quite a bit. Uh, I'll share something briefly with you, but my very first computer was a Tandy 1000 from Radio Shack. And uh, we were just excited back then in the early 80s that we had a 10, a 10 megabyte hard disk with a flat cable. Now we're coming from the area where, uh, in the era, I should say, where we had a floppy disks that we put inside the computers. Literally the, the, the disk was floppy, right? For those that um, <laughs> our age would remember that time. So um, having said that technology uh, back then was much more ex expensive. And um, the reason why we made the investments and the reason why we bought all this technology is that um, we wanted to, we, we understood that we needed to be leaders in the market. We needed to start and we needed to pave the way. And we were what we call today, in today's terms, early adopters of technology. Uh, we weren't waiting to see what would happen. We knew this was the direction. So we got a jumpstart on this. And that really was the catalyst. We knew that um, if we were able to grow the business uh, with technology uh, and offer that to garment manufacturers, uh, there would be many um, um, benefits uh, to our customer base. Uh, obviously, uh, 
fabric savings, as, as we both know, Ron, that, you know, an inch here and a millimeter here and an eighth of an inch here, it all adds up over 60 yards or 70 yards. And before you know it, you know, you're talking millions of dollars in savings and fabric just by being able to um, adjust the marker correctly or patterns. So we knew that we, we can see those visions. And that really was the, the risk, uh, of course, uh, because like with every change, I mean, with every um, gain, there's a loss. And with every loss, there's a gain, right, as we say. Uh, and uh, we knew that um, we were moving away from manual and moving toward um, automation. And yes, a, a workstation uh, back in the uh, early 80s, um, to put it in perspective, a workstation could cost anywhere between $35,000 and $50,000 for a, a, a 21-inch um Workstation, we, we call them workstation because a lot of them worked on Unix uh, operating system back there where today we can leverage uh, personal computers. We have the microchips. We have so much technology. And these were big computers are heavy. They put out a lot of heat. <laughs> you save a lot of money in your heating bill because the computers are warm. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it was just the technology at the time. Uh, and, and I remember buying my first CAD system from Camsco way before um, anybody even thought of these CAD CAM systems in Markomatic 2000. Quarter million dollars. One station, one plotter, one digitizer. An add-on workstation used to be $100,000. A 40 megabyte, and not gigabyte, 40 megabyte Disk upgrade was $75,000. But just having a car doesn't mean you're going to win the Indy 500. You've got to understand the basic knowledge of how to drive the car. That's where the training is required. And that training that you have put together, I think, is absolutely wonderful for the people to get to understand, without having to go to fashion school or university or college, what is grading? The grading and marking system and the videotapes and the lessons that we put together, yeah. all the programs to train our people. That's how it originally started, is let's make some videos, let's make some educational material so that we can scale our business and have the tools to modernize our business, train our staff, grow the business and scale with some consistency. And at the same time, we said, why not share it with the, with the industry? Why not share it with the schools? Why not share our talent uh, so we can have and expand our, our industry? So we started to market it eventually to colleges and universities. And of course, we sold the program. And the rest is really history. We developed this program that uh, we were able to help students. I would love to promote this, we are going to offer this to schools and colleges. We're going to offer that to the industry people. But we're going to offer this to people who have zero understanding of fashion industry. The only thing I'm going to mention here that this is a time-warped video where it talks about things in the early 90s, late 80s, I took the opportunity to take the course that you have created, which was sitting back into the 
workforce, in colleges, in education field, to teach them the basics of grading. I hope that the industry um, revives themselves, especially in, in light of what's going on with custom-made clothing. It's extremely difficult to understand how do you take a size medium garment and make it fit to a person whose body shape and so on measurements are going to be different. I've had several people during my lifetime um, in the last 32 years in this um, association of mine with you, take that course. If you recall, um, somebody who's just come in, has no idea of clothing, no idea of fashion, you and I put that person through. Four days later, he was grading on the system. Grading is a pure science. Yes, you can train computers to do that. But somebody has to understand the basics of that science. You can't write if you don't even know what is the X direction or Y direction, why the grade changes in certain area to maintain the same styling or the silhouette that somebody has created so you don't lose that. It's not scaling the garment. It is really adjusting at every point of measure to make what? The best possible fitting garment. I'm going to go back one more minute. Joe, everything you have done, you have done it to the highest possible accomplishment level. Because you, I do like to do things right. And when I immerse myself in something, I want to know just of my own curiosity. Uh, I like to do things well. I've always believed that what you do is a signature of yourself. And if you're going to put your signature on it, right, as the saying goes, do it with excellence. Because what we do, no matter what we do, regardless of what profession or industry we work in, um, what we do is a reflection of us. It is what who we are as a person and what we can contribute. So if we're going to do something, why not give it our best and give it the best that we have? That there is really a great satisfaction and being able to help other people in many ways. We, we grow individually, we grow as a group, we help the, the profession, and we just become good people overall. And, and uh, I think that breeds enthusiasm. Um, I think it, it, it um, aligns us with um, other professionals in the, in, the, in the industry that share those same thoughts. And uh, we can leave something that's meaningful in this life that people can reflect back and say, that person did a fantastic job. They really did a huge contribution. And, and I'll touch lightly on this, Ron, when you asked earlier about my profession in law enforcement. Yes, it was a long time dream that I wanted to pursue. And I did it for many reasons. You're right. I never did it for the money at all. Uh, but uh, during the, um, my career in law enforcement, I served almost 18 years in law enforcement. Uh, one of the um, duties that I had as, as an officer and as a detective uh, it was to run the armory in my police department. The armory typically is uh, where all the armament is housed and, and managed. And when I was in the, uh, that profession, I didn't have software to actually run an armory effectively. There really was no software. So uh, I decided to create a program, a, a computer program that would help law enforcement agencies manage their firearms or equipment, their ammunition, their training and so forth. And uh, it started with just a small vision and a PowerPoint 
and I'll fast forward to uh, to the present. We're almost going on our tenth year in business. This is ten years that ArmorLink Company exists, and uh, we have now customers all over the United States. Um, the biggest law enforcement agencies you can imagine. Some of the big names are our customers. We service over thirty plus states uh, across the U.S. And the company has grown tremendously. We have um, operations in various parts of the world. Uh, we have operations in Canada, in India, in the United States. Um, it was, um, you know, again, one, something that I wanted to pursue, something I wanted to do and help the profession. And no different than the apparel industry. It's a business. Like you say, Ron, we, we try to do it the best we can and, and, and deliver. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Um, I, I am honored that you took the time out to speak with us. And I'm very complimentary towards you and your family behind your back. All the people that I know, at least they all know you from your name, but now that they can see your face and we are going to show the videos of the young Joe Gennetti then and now. And then and now. Hi, I'm Joe Gennetti. Welcome to our program. During this series of video lessons, I'll be training you to become a vital part of the ever-growing fashion industry. Whether you're considering the fashion industry as a career for the first time, or perhaps you're a longtime veteran, maybe somewhere in between, these videos will help you cultivate and refine the professional skills required for a career in this fascinating field. These lessons are designed to be instructional and to assist in standardizing the training methods used throughout the industry. By training you in manual and computer skills, we believe you will develop into a skilled professional who can make significant contributions to the industry, as well as achieve your own personal goals. These lessons on apparel grading will introduce you to one of the most important skills in the garment industry. We did it, okay. Thank you again. Thank well, you. thank you so much, Rama. It was really been a pleasure to speak with you and to share um, a little history and background it certainly brings a lot of memories. Um, I'm just really thrilled that um, you're able to do this for the uh, profession and the, all the people in the industry. I think it's fantastic. Um, I know you've always been a person that shares and enjoys helping others. And, uh, you know, you've inspired me a lot in my life too, um, not only from a personal standpoint, we are you're my best man. I, you were there when I was married. And, um, you know, I love you dearly, um, you and your family. And um, it is really a pleasure to know you personally and also know you professionally. So uh, it's been my pleasure to be with you and uh, may all your dreams and success come true. And success come true. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this discussion presented by Tuka Talks. If you found something in this conversation insightful, we would love for you to click the share button and send this episode to a friend. 